fellow teachers, and welcome to Teaching with Power. This is Ben Wilcox, and I want to welcome you to a special Christmas lesson in Come Follow Me this week. Now, typically, I take the week of Christmas off so that I can spend some extra time with my family. But this year, I I didn't want to leave you empty-handed either. So I just wanted to give you some quick Christmas teaching ideas that you may want to try this year with your classes or your families. So this video isn't going to be focused much on Scripture insight, but activities that you could do. Now, I have done some Christmas messages in the past, and if you need some ideas or or thoughts that you, you could share, then allow me to provide you with links to those videos from the past. Because uh, besides spending some time in Luke chapter 2, one of my favorite things to do at Christmas is to do a retelling of the Nephite Christmas story from 3 Nephi chapter 1. Sometimes we forget that there's more than just one Christmas story in the scriptures. Something pretty amazing also happened here in the new world at the birth of Christ. And the righteous Nephites of Zarahemla at that time are some of the greatest examples of faith and sacrifice anywhere in the scriptures. So if you're interested in hearing that story, follow this link above to my Christmas message from 2019. And then, if you'd like a little bit more Christmas insight, you could also check out my Christmas message from 2020, where I talk about gifts and the best gift that you could give this year. And you can click on this link to watch that video. But for the remainder of this short video, here are some quick activity ideas that you might want to try. The end of the year is always a good time for reflection. And since Christmas time is a time to focus on Christ, we can look back over our study of the Old Testament and think about all that we've learned about our Savior from this ancient book of Scripture. Remember that even though the name Jesus doesn't appear anywhere in the Old Testament, we can find him on almost every page if we look hard enough for him. I hope that we've all come to know the Savior better this year as we've studied. We've seen him manifested in numerous different ways. We've seen him speak and work directly with his prophets as Jehovah. We've seen his character manifest in different people of the Old Testament who act as types of Christ. And we've seen him in the prophecies of the Old Testament as as prophets look forward to the day when their Messiah would be born. And we've seen him in the symbols of, of the Old Testament. So one of the activities that I have for you focuses on some of those symbols for Christ that we've studied in the Old Testament. And it's a secret phrase handout activity. Try to fill in the empty boxes with the words that go in the blanks of the clue and then match the numbered boxes with those below to discover the secret message. And this activity can act as a good review of some of the things that we've learned about the Savior from the Old Testament this year. So let me walk you through the answers. 
So from Exodus 12:21, For the Passover, the early Israelites were to kill a blank and place its blood over their door. This would save them from the destroying angel. The answer is lamb. Jesus is often in the Old Testament referred to as a lamb, the lamb of God. From Numbers 21, 8 through 9, Moses made a blank blank that would save anyone who looked upon it. The answer is brass serpent. From Leviticus 16, 21 through 22, the sins and iniquities of all the people were laid on the head of this animal, which was then left in the wilderness. This was referred to as the scape blank. The answer would be goat, the scapegoat. From Psalm 23, 1-6, in many places in the Bible, Jesus is compared to a good blank. The answer is shepherd, the good shepherd. From Malachi 4, 2, But unto you that fear my name shall the blank of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. The answer is the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N. Jesus is compared to the Son. From Isaiah 28, 16, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a blank, a tried blank, a precious corner blank. And it's the same word for all three blanks. What is it? Stone. He's a stone, a tried stone, a precious corner stone. From Zechariah 3, 8, Jesus is referred to as the blank that grows from the royal line of David. The answer is branch. Jesus is the branch. From Isaiah 25, 4, For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a blank from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. The answer is a shadow from the heat. From Exodus 17.6, Moses smote the rock of Horeb, and this came out. Jesus and his gospel are like blank from a rock. The answer is water. Water from the rock. And then from Genesis 22.2, this individual was a living symbol of Christ and his sacrifice. And the answer is Isaac. We talked about that at the beginning of the year. The sacrifice of Isaac was much like the father's sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. So if we take all of those answers together, that will give us what the secret phrase is. And what does it say? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And that's Isaiah 7, 14. That's, that's a direct prophecy from the Old Testament regarding the nativity. 
or the birth of Christ. So I think that's a, a nice connection uh, and a fitting message for Christmas time to tie those symbols into that event. So after, after you've completed this activity, to encourage your students to share and discuss, you can ask them which of the symbols for Christ from this year was their favorite. And how does that symbol help them to understand the Savior better? Another activity that focuses on Christ in the Old Testament. We know that Jesus has many different names and titles that come from the Old Testament. If you'd like to focus your attention on those, you could do this crossword puzzle activity. Each of the clues is simply a scripture reference from the Old Testament. Their task is to identify the title for Christ that's found in those verses. So here are the answers. One, a cross. Deuteronomy 32.4 Rock. Jesus is the rock. Six, a cross. From Isaiah 9.6 And you're going to notice that there's quite a few clues from Isaiah 9.6. So that makes it a little more challenging because they've got to figure out which title fits in which clue which crossword puzzle boxes. But the one here, the answer is wonderful. Seven across from Jeremiah 17, 13. Fountain. Number nine across, Job 19, 25. Redeemer. Eleven across from Daniel 9, 25. Messiah. And 12 across, another one from Isaiah 9-6, the everlasting blank. And that would be Father. Christ is the everlasting Father. Two down from Isaiah 40-28, Creator. Three down, Psalm 83-18, Jehovah. Four down, Isaiah 9-6, again. Counselor. And be sure that they have to spell it in the biblical spelling for it to work. So if they copy it right down from the Bible, they'll get it right. Number five down, Job 32.8. Almighty. Eight down from Micah 2.13. Breaker. Talked about that a couple weeks ago. Jesus is the breaker that breaks down the gate and sets his sheep free. 10 down, Isaiah 9 6, the prince of blank. He's the prince of peace. And then 11 down, also from Isaiah 9 6, the blank God, the mighty God. And once you've completed this activity to help your students share and discuss, you could ask them which of those titles is their favorite for Christ and explain why. Another activity that I've enjoyed doing with my classes at Christmas time, although it isn't centered on the Old Testament necessarily, 
is to play a round of Christmas Jeopardy. There are five categories and five questions in each. And if you've never played Jeopardy before, the concept is pretty simple. You have three players or teams select different squares from the board, and behind each one is a clue. The team that raises their hand first is given the chance to answer the clue. Now, you can play it in this way or not, but technically, the answer is to be given in the form of a question. So the clue is more of an answer or description, and your job is to come up with the question that the clue could serve as an answer to. But if you find that that gets in the way of the fun of the game, and you're constantly having to remind them to put it in the form of a question, you could just have them provide simple answers as well. I'll do that quite often. And you may find that it's difficult to judge who really has their hand up first. And sometimes I've had players raise their hand immediately, and then hem and haw and think of the answer after they've been called on. So one way around that is to provide each of the teams or players with a small whiteboard and a marker. The first team to write the correct answer on the whiteboard and raise it up, they're the ones that get the points. I found that works really well also. So if a team gets the correct answer, they're awarded however many points are attached to that question. However, if they get the answer incorrect, that number of points is deducted from their score. So it discourages guessing. And then one more detail. The questions are intended to get harder as their point values increase. So the 100-point questions are supposed to be the easiest, while the 500-point questions are intended to be quite a bit more difficult. Although difficulty of questions, I know, is a little subjective, but I've tried to make it follow that pattern. And on some of those more difficult questions, sometimes I'll remove the deduction penalty for guessing just for that question and allow the teams to guess until somebody gets it right. Here are the five categories. You have Christmas hymns, in which a line from a well-known Christmas hymn is given, and you have to name the hymn that it comes from. Luke 2, which is, of course, the story of Christ's birth in the New Testament. You have a Nephite Christmas, which is the story of what happened here in the New World when Christ was born in the Old. You have Christmas symbols, which asks questions about the meanings of different symbols connected to Christ that we use around Christmas time. And then finally miscellaneous Christmas trivia, which just for fun has some more secularly themed clues surrounding Christmas. It's not necessarily religious in nature for just that one category. And if you plan to host the game, then you're going to need to know the answers. So allow me to go through each of the questions for you so that you're aware of them. So we'll just go right down through each category one by one. Christmas hymns. All is calm, all is bright. The answer? Silent night. Let earth receive her king. That would be joy to the world. $300 clue. 
The stars in the heavens looked down where he lay. The answer is, away in a manger. $400 clue. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. The answer is, hark the herald angels sing. And for 500, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay. And the answer would be the first Noel. All right, I wonder how how you're doing on these. All right, our next category, the nativity. $100 question. The city where Jesus was born. Answer, Bethlehem or the city of David would also work. $200. What Jesus was wrapped in. The answer, swaddling clothes. For 300, the name of the angel that announced Jesus' birth to Mary. The answer is Gabriel. For 400, what the angels brought the shepherds in the fields. What did they they bring? The answer, we bring you good tidings of great joy. And I always make sure they got to say that exactly right. Good tidings of great joy. Then our $500 question. The Roman emperor at the time of Christ's birth. The answer would be Caesar Augustus. Now, sometimes they just want to say Caesar, but that, that's not detailed enough. Caesar just kind of meant president. So they've got a name, which Caesar? Caesar Augustus. All right, our next category, Christmas symbols for 100. What the wise men followed or the highest ornament on the tree? The answer, star. For 200, reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world. The answer, Candles or Christmas lights. For 300, these tasty treats remind us that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Answer, candy canes. For 400, the color red at Christmas reminds us of this. Answer, Christ's blood. And then for 500, symbolizes the crown of thorns that Jesus wore. And that would be a wreath, Christmas wreath. Okay, our next category, a Nephite Christmas. For 100, the prophet who predicted the sign of the birth of the Savior from the walls of Zarahemla five years before. The answer, Samuel the Lamanite. For 200, the penalty of belief. The answer, death. Right? They were 
threatened that if the sign didn't come, that they would be put to death. 300. The sign of Jesus' birth in the new world, besides the new star. The answer? The three days of light. A day and a night and a day of light. For 400, the prophet who prayed all day for the sign to come. The answer would be third Nephi. And then for 500, the chapter in the Book of Mormon where you find the Nephite Christmas story. And this is one of those questions where I might remove the uh, the deduction penalty for guessing. Sometimes it takes them a while to figure out the proper chapter. But the answer is third Nephi chapter 1. And our final category here, miscellaneous Christmas trivia. For 100, Mexican plant popular at Christmas. Answer, the poinsettia. For 200, the gift given on the seventh day in the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Answer, seven swans a-swimming. For 300, the name of Ebenezer Scrooge's dead former partner in A Christmas Carol. Answer, Jacob Marley. For 400, the tradition of the Christmas tree started in this country. Answer, Germany. And then finally, for 500, the modern-day country where St. Nicholas was born. The answer is Turkey, modern-day Turkey. Well, there you have it. Uh, One full round of Christmas Jeopardy questions. I've always had a lot of fun with this game with my seminary classes each year. And if you wish to have a final Jeopardy round, here is one more question that you could use for that. And the way final Jeopardy works is that each team, after seeing what the category of the question is, wagers how many points they're willing to risk, either winning or losing, based on whether they get the answer correct. And they can only wager as many points as they have. So the category is the nativity. And here's the question. What country did Joseph, Mary, and Jesus flee to from Bethlehem? And you you give them about, you know, 25, 30 seconds to come up with their answer and write it down. And the answer is Egypt. They fled to Egypt. All right, so one more idea that I can suggest for you would be to show the following video to your classes and families. What this video does is it takes the church-produced nativity video from the Bible videos and sets it to a beautiful Christmas song sung by Amy Grant called Breath of Heaven. 
Now, I can't show this video here, but I can link you to a version that somebody has made of it at the following link above. And I'll also put a link in the video description below. It's really beautiful and creates a really nice spirit. And before showing it, you could talk to your students about how the birth of Christ came in fulfillment of all the things that we've been studying this year in the Old Testament. The people and prophets of the Old Testament were always pointing forward to the coming of the Messiah and found hope and joy in the promise of his life, teachings, and atoning sacrifice. Now we, in the latter days, do just the opposite. We look back to that event and find hope and joy in the life, teachings, and atoning sacrifice of our Savior. So Christmas acts as a wonderful bonding and unifying experience between dispensations. As they looked forward, we look back, and we meet together in the middle at Christmas, at the birth of Christ. So I, I pray that our hearts can be knit together with theirs, these people that we've spent all 2022 with, and find a common bond in Christ with them. And uh, I know that that was pretty short. Uh, I didn't give you too much this week, but I hope that's okay. That's going to give me some extra time to get ready for next year and to spend some good quality time with my family here at Christmas. So I thank you so much for spending this year with me. I, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. I hope that Christ is in your hearts, that uh, you'll enjoy this wonderful season of both giving and receiving, where we find such great power and happiness and joy in both of those things, in the giving of gifts to others, and also great joy in the receiving of gifts from others, which is really the spirit of the gospel, to give and receive. And so I pray that you'll give to Christ your heart and that you'll receive him into your own. So once again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Can't wait to get into the New Testament with you. I'll be putting out a new video next week for New Testament year. And I'm super, super excited to do that with you. So if you want access to these resources, uh, these handouts, the, the game, uh, those things will be available at my Etsy shop. Um, and you can go to teachingwithpower.com and you'll find links to all those resources there. Thank you so much for watching. Now get out there and teach with power.